Hello. What's up, buddy? I'm sorry. I forgot to say hi. I started recording and then I was like, why aren't we talking? It's all good, bro. We're talking now. How's it it's going, okay. man? We're talking now. It's going, man. How are you? Pretty good, bro. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you switched roles with Gabby this week. You seem to be the one without a shirt, and I don't quite understand why, but it's fine. I mean, Are you cool? I mean, Are granted, you cool? I've been no. wearing my shirts during the Zoom calls. I don't know if last week you classified as a shirt. Your neckline was so low, dude. <laughs> I thought we were at a music festival. Still wearing it, though. Yeah, it was very low. This is very, very low. Welcome back to the Slice Podcast, uh, our midsummer edition. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. It's good to be here, um, man. Missed you guys. Yeah. Isn't it weird watching basketball in August? Dude, I was actually just having this conversation with Kara because the game started at 4. My wife. I don't know why I called her Kara. I got to do the. I got to keep the trend going. My wife. Um, the day just, I, I totally forgot. That I was at work today because your day feel, felt so, my day felt so much longer because I was so invested in watching the Raptors game followed by the the game that was just on the the Boston uh, and the Philly game. I was like, because you're starting at four when you traditionally start at seven or eight or you know what I mean. So it it definitely made me feel weird. Um, question what time it was. I'm like, damn, it's only. Six? It's only seven? Oh man, these these girls are gonna be up for another couple more hours. So it was definitely a little weird, um, watching it at four. But I'm glad they were able to get the W. So go raps. What did the you, dub what dub? Did, well, yeah. What did you think about watching it so early? It felt really weird to to watch um like a playoff game on a Monday at four yeah. o'clock. Like yeah. it should be a, it should be a primetime game, but I understand like the nature of the bubble, but like it was also kind of nice. Cause it was like an afternoon. Like it's obviously it's nighttime. Now the game's over. I feel mm-hmm. like when, whenever there's playoff games and it's like late at night, you get like that post game, either like excitement or like anxiety. If you're a Leaf fan about what's going to happen like next game or whether you could have played better or whatever, like you kind of analyze the game after the fact. And obviously like if it's a win and it's in the playoffs and you're pretty amped. So it was kind of nice to like have some separation by like seven o'clock. I was like, okay, cool. We're game one. We won. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often for the Raptors, but We're they two won and game 11, one. I think for game ones now two and 10, something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. our next couple games are at one thirty. If that four o'clock wasn't early enough for you. We play at one thirty in the afternoon on Wednesday and Friday, I believe. So I believe that's correct. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> playoffs have started. Um, did you catch the game at all, Shane? Or are you at work today? <laughs> oh man, that sucks. Was anyone running it at, like at work? Like. Couldn't really pay attention, eh? Yeah. Bummer, dude. Some nice, powerful plays. And some yeah. Pascal he had some, He had a good, like, he had a good game. Woody had a good game. Yeah. Overall, so. they played, they all played really well. Um, I'm pretty pumped. Should be a sweep. It's a nice consider, uh, concerted effort. Like everybody kind of came came through. Obviously, like yeah, every starter was had in a double game, digits, but... and then Ibaka yeah. was a monster off the bench with like twenty one points. I think it was like that, something like that. But they yeah, look good. They yeah. look like what a championship team should look like going That's into the playoffs. It, man, we're right? the champs. I've messaged. I messaged a friend. Uh, you watching the champs? I messaged Ben. I'm like, you watching the champs? I'm like, yeah, they look good because he's a Laker fan. So it was uh, it was fun. I'm just happy that we're watching sports. Don't care what time of day it is, but it's pretty uh, exciting. I do. I wish it was a little bit later so I could watch. Yeah, no, for sure. I I get that. I I was fortunate enough to be done work by then. <laughs> I'm su- I'm surprised. I mean, it won't happen, I guess, in basketball because rarely do basketball games go like four, like three or four overtimes. But having uh Tampa Bay and 
Columbus go four overtimes earlier this week to the point where they had to push back the next Wasn't game. Wasn't it five? Yeah, five. Uh, was it five overtimes? The, yeah. five their overtimes. game one was like five overtimes, yeah. Yeah, so the, it, I mean, imagine losing that game. But yeah, they had to push back the Boston-Carolina uh, game to the next morning because... Because they took they up had so much that, ice time, yeah. Yeah, so then there was, uh, there was a hockey game at 11 o'clock in the morning. That felt strange. Like, I turned my TV on around 11. <laughs> I was on a break from work, and I was like, oh, Boston-Carolina's playing. Um, so it was interesting to see sports so early in the morning. So we went from like no sports to like at any moment throughout the day, if you turn a channel on, there's sports on. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Let me ask just some, so you can educate me. So the bubbles that the NHL have, yes, they are two bubbles, but there are only two arenas, right? Is that correct? There's no like, like practice rink or any other rinks in the nearby vicinity that are used as well. It's just essentially the one in Edmonton and the one in downtown Toronto, Scotia Bank Arena. You got it. Okay. 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 I yeah. wonder if there was if there was an option of like playing out of other rinks in the same city, but I guess they just decide not to do so. Well, I mean, they they're successful with not having any COVID cases right now, so it's hard to see like how you could have done it differently. But the yeah. NHL hasn't reported any COVID cases. No, the for only, sure. The only players that have had to leave, I think, was Muzzin when he got injured. Tukarask opted out. Um, so there's a couple of different players that left, but none of it happened as a result of like infection in the way that it happened in like the MLB, for example. Yeah, they had to adjust their protocols and do a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, cool. it's exciting. Sports are back and they're in full effect. And I mean, it's going to kind of suck in the beginning of winter time when there isn't any sports because all the seasons are going to get pushed back. But it's also kind of nice to watch sports in the summertime because it feels like this is when sports should be on because you get to enjoy a beer during during the day or yeah you could go to patios you can go to a patio or chill outside so there's Mm -hmm. some there's some there's some positives and there's some negatives but i I don't know if i really want to wait until november or december to watch hockey again um but we're gonna have to so well they were projecting that the nba season would like after this one would resume in in the late February, early March is what they're projecting. Holy, that's, that's where they would start the next season. Mm-hmm. So th- the season, this season would end in October. I don't remember when, when exactly in October. Like you crown a champion, and then you take six, seven months off, and then come back. It would they only have... be four months if it comes back in February, because if it ends in October, November, January, November, December, January, February, not seven months. I can't count. Okay, it's okay. I'm just saying, like seven months is like way longer. Like that's longer than the duration of the season. Yeah, maybe. That would cut, that would why suck. Why don't they just cut down on the time? What do you mean? Just use like, why wouldn't you just count the time in quarantine as like off season time? So if they're off for two months, back on for two months, why wouldn't you take the two months that they were off and count that towards the post championship break to reduce the amount of time that you're missing? coming back well, to the regular season. I just don't think I, that's just the way it works. And I think I don't think they want to go into next season without fans either. So if they wrap up this season, then if you delay long enough and you think that the pandemic's under better control, then you won't have to have a bubble situation for next year. Yeah, I think so that's that, what they're thinking. They factor that into it as well. And players, I'm sure, want the break. You still have to do things like the draft and stuff like that that take place in the offseason, and none of that has happened, right? So you've got quite a lot to fit into three or four months. Oh, well. There you go. Just you a go. disclaimer as well. I've gotten into drinking um, carbonated water. Nice, so if you, man. if you hear random noises on my mic because the muting situation isn't great, it's just me enjoying a San Benedito carbonated water from Good the hills you, of Italy, buddy. You don't <laughs> drop brand names on until we get sponsors. Ah, the good taste of San Benedito. Let the oh bubbles run down that throat. Um, well, we had a pretty eventful week outside of sports too. So, I mean, it kind of sucks, but we got some news about Halo being pushed back about a day after the podcast that we last recorded. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks talking about Halo. We had planned, we were playing a, we were planning a playthrough series similar to Survive and Endure. Um, and we, well, we're still going to do that, but I think we have a little bit more time to get that done now, given yeah. that it's not going to be out in November. Yeah. We call it, should we call it flood in our panties? Like the I don't know how I feel about that, because the flood are only prominent in one of the Halo games. But anyways, I was gonna mention that after you got off last week, we actually did a little bit of brainstorming, um, so we can share with that. 
with you at some point. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that off off air so that our fans, all 17 of our fans are not uh, <laughs> are not surprised by it. Uh, yeah, or sorry, are still surprised by it. 117? John 117? Isn't that I don't know if she's number? It, it, it wasn't, number. but that's awesome if you want to if you want to draw that meaning from it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Man. No, just to go back to the the news. Um it is a bummer that they delayed it. Um, I was really looking forward to playing a Halo game with you guys this holiday season with the launch of Series X being the only other Halo game to launch alongside uh, an Xbox launch other than Combat Evolved. So there was a lot of nostalgia around it just because the whole like vision of Infinite was drawn a lot from, of, uh, from Combat Evolved and just like rebooting the franchise and all that stuff but i feel like ultimately as shitty as it is they made the right call to delay the game um i was been reading and like listening to other like podcasts and stuff their their initial assumption would be would be like march quarter one of next year but who knows maybe they take a full year and really put some time in um and get shit done so I'm sad, but ultimately, if the, the delay is going to make the game better, uh, you can't really argue against it. So whenever it comes as, out, I'll be happy. As fans, we're going to play it no matter when it comes out. But I think the the kind of the crappy part about it is just how devastating it is for Xbox's launch, I think, in the fall, because you don't have they're not going to have a flagship title to launch their new console with, which I think was already having some traction. Uh, sorry, some issues having traction with PlayStation 5 coming out this year as well. So it will definitely have an impact on the first year of Xbox. Obviously, they've got Game Pass and some of the stuff that we've talked about. But, yeah. you know, new consoles come out and most people are looking for that flagship title to really showcase the new hardware. And Halo Infinite was not only that, but also a break in a five-year wait for a new Halo game, um, which is the longest that we've had to wait for a new Halo game on a mainline series game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's going to be a challenge, I think, going in for, for Microsoft this year. Ultimately, I hope that it means that the game comes out a little bit better on the other end of it. But um, but it is it is, is going to be a challenge for them going into the holidays now, even more so than it would have been before. And I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, Gabby. Like, I'm not I'm obviously I'm sad that we're not going to get to play a Halo game this year. But I'm also a little bit happy that it's kind of created some room in November for some of the other stuff that I've wanted to play. So Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk yeah. Um, Cyberpunk is definitely a big one. Um, Spider-Man obviously is going to be something that I'm playing at launch for PS5 if I can get my hands on a PS5. Um, and then there's going to be, you know, a couple of other games that will probably be played throughout. You know, we've got the Destiny expansion coming out in November. We've got... Um, you know, the Avengers game that I'll be probably playing at least throughout September and we'll see how that goes until later in the year. So it's just nice that it kind of creates a little bit of space around around November, which is usually pretty densely packed with a lot of different games. Um, we still haven't seen this year's Call of Duty. Um, you know, Watch Dogs is coming out uh, end of October. We've got uh, Assassin's Creed coming out in November. So many so games, yeah. It's, it's a lot, but it also seems a little bit like it's not a lot compared to some of the years that we've seen in the past where like November has, you know, two or three flagship titles coming out every couple of weeks leading up until Christmas. So I know I'm a little bit happier. I want to be able to give um, Halo the time that it deserves if it's going to be as expansive as we're hoping that it is. Um, and and obviously I want to do the same with Cyberpunk and some of the other games that we're interested in as well. As well. So for me, and I'm sure you guys share the same sentiment, but um, having some space between games is never a hurtful thing i don't think gabby you've talked about it with cyberpunk like you want to get fully invested into that game as do i that would be really challenging with the halo game coming out (laughs) potentially you know two weeks before or two weeks after that game comes out yeah no you make some very valid points my friend um the other big thing that came out i guess the same day as halo was that the uh the launch date of the of the xbox Series X was confirmed for November in a press release that simultaneously announced the delay of Halo uh, Infinite. Um, so it, it it's kind of it sucks, but but you know again we're gonna we we're getting closer to some news and we're probably gonna find out more a little bit. Uh, I guess in the coming weeks, that's the rumor is that we're gonna hear a little bit more. Um, Shane, what do you? I mean, obviously you're you you were very much anticipating Halo. So how how are you feeling right now? How are you coping? I know how he's coping. You, but you can share. You can share. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you think I'm coping, but um, 
I've been revisiting Halo. That's uh, what I'm saying. You yeah, like playing I've, Halo Five. We've been playing Halo Five um, <laughs> multiplayer, which is just so good. It's such a good game. It's like very punishing and grueling. It makes you feel like complete trash when you're not good at it. Which, admittedly, I am not anymore. Um, but, I wouldn't say you're not good at it. Come on, don't be so hard on yourself. I fin- I finished Gold Tier, which is not good. Anyways, um, it's been fun. Like it, it's. And, you know, today at work, I was watching videos from different Halos on the Halo subreddit of, like, people playing multiplayer and, like, remembering how good custom games were and how fun they were and, like, in, through the, out the other um, Halo games, including, like, Mongoose, Mongoose Racing custom games and stuff like that. Stuff that just really had no business being in a Halo game and how fun it turned out to be and, like, remembering those times. And when I played with Gabby um, and we were playing Halo 2... We were like dominating in Halo 2, first and foremost, <laughs> yeah. because I was like, oh, yeah, this is where this gun spawns and that gun spawns. And like, I remember getting a flood of emotions. And I think it was telling you, Gabby, where I was like, dude, I'm getting like choked up thinking about all the time I spent in this game and like how fun it was. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was hoping for that kind of, it, it'll, there'll never be another experience like that again for me in, in video games. I don't think, I think that's impossible to recreate that same it was just like the barometric pressure was just right at that time for that everything to come together. The advent of online gaming, um, a brand new console for me, uh, headset, voice chat, like all these things. But I wanted this Halo Infinite to be the launch of the new Xbox for me and, and something to, to play. Because you have a, a big gap, Daniel, in, in your games that you want to play. Like you're looking for that space. But I'm just like... I don't have anything on the horizon besides Forza Horizon. And you should play years. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I don't you like. I wanna... be, before you do that, you should beat uh, beat that Last, other uh, that, that other game that I told you. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> yeah. Which I went back well, we, to for the record, like three days ago. They just ago. Uh, they just actually announced sidetrack just before we loop back to um, Shane finishing his thoughts. They announced um, some DLC that's going to be co-op related. I'm very, I, we were talking about it earlier. I'm very excited for it because it's going to be based in Japanese folklore and it looks like it's going to be a little bit more fantastical um, compared to the more realistic elements of Ghost of Tsushima. So it seems like it might be a little bit closer to what we saw in games like Sekiro and 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 Demon Souls and, and, and Dark Souls. Um, just in that like it's going to have maybe some more folklorish enemies and, and, and some lore around it. it. It looks very dark compared to Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and it's pretty cool. Like there's going to be story missions. There's going to be survival missions. There's going to be online co-op from two to four players. So I'm super excited. Um, hopefully, you know, if you do finish it by, by the fall, or even if you don't finish it by the fall, but if you're still interested in the game, uh, we'll get a chance to play it uh, as the three of us. I think it would be pretty exciting to play a game like that. The multiplayer component is probably going to feel different than what we're used to playing on shooters and stuff like that. But yeah, huge announcement today free update coming in the fall um ghost of tsushima uh, legends is what it's called but um I, I will say in ghost of tsushima when you get into it there is japanese folklore based enemies like with like special powers and stuff like that like that's okay. all built into that game but i don't think you've gotten to that point of the game yet so it does open up and you do encounter enemies like that in the more fantastical magical elements where it's not like just a guy with a sword it's like a guy with a sword that does lightning that blows up ships and you have to fight him and whatever the case may be. So it is exciting for that to be an expansion off of that and, and get some of that. You know that I am a multiplayer based person, which makes me excited for that expansion. Um, but also sad for Halo. But I'm, I'm, I can't remember if I said it in one of our podcasts or not, thinking that it, they were going to call, they were going to delay it. That was my bet that it was going to get delayed because of the feedback, because of the graphics. I didn't think it was going to launch with the console. Um, so I I'm don't not think too... it was on a podcast, but I, I do feel like you might have said that like in a text or something. Yeah, I, I remember saying that and then people saying that it, it, it wouldn't happen because they need to launch it with the hardware or whatever the case may be. So I am glad that they went that route. Um, I would have played the game regardless, but like thinking back of other halos like i have very fond rem- memories of halo 2 halo 3 halo 5 i don't really have memories of halo 4 so 
and like ODST and Reach, like I did at the time, but they I'm talking like full standalone games. We have so to I'm revisit hoping, those for sure, and we will oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, I am hopeful that Infinite will, will give me that sort of memory that will be like two, three, five, Infinite, and like, yeah, you know, I, I yeah. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. But we also got Kyle to play with us, which was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually cool. enjoyed it. He had a <laughs> yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. He the the other night he messaged saying, "Do you guys want to play Halo instead of Do you guys want to play Call of Duty?" Which is like a, a drastic shift. Unheard of. Yeah. Unheard I was of. I was already sleeping at the time. But just to Ortega, just to share real quick. So essentially, we were playing with Kyle like in the social playlists, and there's a, a Fiesta playlist where essentially it's like the same game modes, but every time you spawn, you spawn with a different weapon combination. So it makes it fun, I guess, more fun, more relaxed, more like wild in a way. Like there's some crazy moments because you just you might have a rocket launcher all of a sudden, and you just blow four people up or a sword, and you get like a sword spree and shit like that so it was a lot of fun and the, the playlist also had a lot of uh forge maps if you're not familiar with forge it's uh the the maps that are built by uh fans so that was really cool but overall yeah that's how we're coping with our 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 sad halo news yeah sometimes it takes a death to bring the family back together you know <laughs> that's it well, I mean, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of discussion. I mean, it feels like for the last three or four weeks around Halo. So it'll be. I mean, I, I, my expectation is that it's going to go silent for a while, and that we're not going to hear anything from three four three probably at least for a few months as the as the delay is um, kind of in the midst of, of of you know development and progress and stuff like that. But obviously, if we hear anything, if there's a date change, then we'll kind of update um, and we'll we'll come back to this. And and obviously we're talking about doing our halo series. So stay tuned for a little bit more info on what that might look like, but probably push back a little bit for now until it's something that's a little bit more relevant and will carry us into, to halo infinite inevitable release. Um, a couple of other, I guess, gaming news bits this week. I mean, ghost of Tsushima was a pretty big one that just was earlier today. Um, but we also, uh, we're getting a Nintendo indie showcase tomorrow. I still can't believe we haven't gotten a, a regular Nintendo, uh, direct, um, we're getting another independent showcase, which is exciting and don't get me wrong. Like they're great to watch and there's some great stuff that gets shown on there. But I think most of us, um, that are, that are, you know, switch owners and people that enjoy first party Nintendo titles are just very, I'm starting to definitely feel a little bit antsy and curious as to what, what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the only thing I think that's announced right now is Pikmin three coming out later this year, but but it's not going to be uh, much longer than, 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 I mean, I don't think anything outside of that window of time has been announced other than Breath of the Wild and a couple of other projects that we know are coming. Yeah. I know they were teasing like some crazy Mario stuff. There was like a huge Mario leak that was like three weeks ago, maybe in terms of there was supposed to be a lot of like Mario news for some sort of anniversary was it 25 35 years i don't remember the exact number um but yeah it's weird that we haven't gotten any like you would you would suspect that they would announce some sort of mario game it's been a while since odyssey came out so yeah i gotta i mean i think it's coming um and i think it'll be probably in the next couple of weeks um i would i mean again i would hope but at the end of the day like it's 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 an anniversary year we're seeing um, we're seeing like Lego sets and stuff like that coming out to celebrate the anniversary. It would seem like a missed opportunity if they didn't open up for you know the two Galaxy games and for uh, Sunshine and stuff like that to to um, you know round out the year on, on a Nintendo platform that really doesn't have a lot, I guess, coming toward it for the end of the year. And then Zelda Skyward Sword was listed on Amazon UK earlier this week for Switch, and it's its 10th anniversary next year. So it just seems like maybe it's primed. Uh, Nintendo's priming itself for that inevitable time where they're going to bring all of their you know old games onto their next platform. And it happens every single console cycle. So I think it would be um, a you mistake th- to not have it you happen. Th- have you it think happen they're again. announcing new hardware? No, no, no. I mean, like all of their all of their existing like Zelda games and stuff like that that they've brought to every one of their last platforms, mm. um, like bringing it to their current platform. Like you still can't play Twilight Princess on Switch, but I, I think that that's logical that everybody would want that, and Nintendo would be silly not to do that. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I think we will get new Switch hardware uh, soon. I just don't know necessarily when. I think there might be like a Pro model maybe announced. Uh, that's been rumored for a long time, but I don't think we'll see a major Switch upgrade at least for another few years, um, especially with COVID kind of pushing things back. So we already saw kind of some minor revisions. We saw the Switch Lite. We saw the increased battery of the uh, of the new Switch. So I think, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it being like impending. I think it, or imminent. I think it might be something that happens maybe next year, late next year. But yes, Nindy's tomorrow, um, a Nindy showcase. We all also are getting a Warner Brothers Montreal um, reveal tomorrow. There was another teaser about the Court of Owls that was released online today. So we've been talking about that off and on. Um, you know, we talked about the Suicide Squad game last week, but we also have been kind of looking forward to Batman since I want to say September of last year is the first time that they posted a teaser. And there hasn't really been any news since then. So it's about time that we're getting something on this game from W. Uh, WB Montreal. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll get that tomorrow. So it seems like we might get a pretty packed week in terms of gaming news. It started off on the right foot with Tsushima today, but it seems like there's an opportunity for a lot more later this week. So we might have a lot more to talk about um, next podcast. So I don't know about you guys, but I've been thinking a lot lately about Oshiega because it passed, I guess, the anniversary of one of the greatest days of our lives. Well, I'm only speaking. I'm <laughs> solely sp- all of us married <laughs> with three kids. I'm speaking on behalf of myself. Um, the we were supposed to go to Oshiega this 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 I guess a couple weeks ago this um, this no, summer. A couple weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it passed. Like it. Yeah. No. 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 August. No, dude. No, it was like first the second of, of August. August. It passed. It was civic holiday. Yeah, so I did a lot of reflecting and um, just thought about us at Oshiega last year. And I was just driving home one day, listening to Tame Impala, and I'm like, I can't li- I can't visualize a a world where I didn't listen to Tame Impala and and being someone who had only listened to him for the first time at Oshiega with all the circumstances that we were under. I'm not going to get into too 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 much specifics, but we were sweaty. Um, it was hot, yeah. It, it was, was one of the greatest experiences ever in terms of being at a at a at a festival, being <laughs> with you guys. Just the whole thing was I'll never forget it. Like legit, it was one of the highlights. One day I'll never forget. So that's something that's been on my mind. Um, so something I, I wanted, I guess, to propose to you guys was when would you feel ready to go. To uh, let's not just have to be an outdoor music festival. I, I, although that might be the safest bet, but um, when would you be ready to go to some sort of musical event, and what kind of artist caliber, like I guess, what kind of caliber would they have to be, where you'd be like, yeah, I'm, let's do this. Like patio concerts. Like of like just local stuff, jazz, blues, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'd be comfortable seeing that live music. Um, but like, I'm thinking like, when was when is the next time I'd be comfortable going to a Kanye show? Even though I don't know if I'd go to the next Kanye show. Um, but when would I be comfortable going to a show of that caliber? I think it would be like late next year. Like I remember Daniel earlier this quarantine i had sent you like a lineup for a festival that was like insane like the the lineup was like triple a and you were like man i'm not touching a music festival for at least two (laughs) to three years and i was like i don't know if it was two or three years but you said for a long period of time like i thought about that and like two things that have come out of not being able to see live music number one i've saved a shit ton of money (laughs) Because <laughs> we're spending dumb amounts of money on on concerts. Yeah, you 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 two specifically went to a lot of shows. For me, not so much, but yeah, yeah. Well, we, we also had like a, like a concert packed almost where we would buy two tickets to whatever show, one for Ortega, one for me, and like we would just take turns buying tickets to shows. So there'd be times where we'd just be like, just message someone, and be like, "Hey, I got us tickets to go to this concert." And like that, I miss definitely like discovering artists and and hearing them live. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would take to make me feel comfortable. Like the drive-in theater concerts, I'm not attracted to. I don't think that that would be a good time. No, like not no. at all. No, I don't think so. I feel I like 
I feel like I would do it. Like if if Tam and Paula was rolling up in this festival where it was drive in with your car and just mellow out, I think I would one hundred percent be down. All the concert and drive anywhere. You're gonna want to waddle into a Tame Impala concert and crawl out of it. <laughs> but like, I imagine like, imagine if it was like a campground and you had a live band that was playing, and then there's, there were speakers throughout playing the music of that live band. Like that would be cool. But like, part of being a Tame Impala is the visuals of it. Like it's the whole. There still aspect. would be visuals. You'd just be watching it from your car. Yeah, but I, I, I worry. Like, I'm not attracted to the idea of people honking their horns to the music, and, okay? Like, flashing their lights and like. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be into that either. No, I would like what like there would be have to be some sort of rules where I don't know if you could usher someone out for being a fucking piece of shit in their car, but. Um, but like, Division did it, right? They just did the concerts in Toronto. They did it um, where cars drove in and you could see Division play. And people were like honking their horns while they're sing- while he's singing. Like I already have enough problem where like someone's singing like a ballad or something. And then people are like screaming during it like, Whoa! like yeah. you're ruining it. Like just let this person sing. Like don't sc- – I don't need to hear you scream in the middle of them singing live. Like if you want to sing along, that's fine. But like this reckless scream, so – I'm too much of like um like a musical get off my lawn with that like no rascalians allowed for that sort of thing but it is sad to think about like I wouldn't even feel comfortable in the Danforth I'm like that's not even a big venue but like I I was thinking about going to a show like oh, would I go to a show at the Danforth and the answer is no absolutely not I wouldn't but I think outside I would be more inclined yeah I'd love to throw it over to you Daniel what do you think um, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Like we bought a lot of tickets to concerts and there's been times where I, like we've gone and we've seen some great artists, like probably one of my favorite shows to go have gone to see last year was Herbie Hancock and Kamasi. Um, right after we had come back from watching the roots and watching uh Boney bear play in, 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 um, in Wisconsin. Um, so like, I, I guess for me, I've to your point, Gabby, like we've, I've seen a lot of shows. There's very few artists that I like, I'm still waiting to see. There's a couple that I'd like to see again. So like Tame Impala is one of them. Sigur Rose is probably another band, but you know, they tour, I'd say relatively often. Um, I was, we, I mean, we were supposed to go see Kendrick and, and Bon Iver play at Oshiega. Uh, I had tickets to go see Bon Iver in Buffalo a couple days actually before we were going to go up together. So um, that's, that's a, a show that I would go and see again, just because it's been such a long period of time since I had seen him live. And then, there's been a lot of opportunities to see him and his band play live in the last uh, year or so. Um, and I was going to go to Amsterdam and actually watch him with two friends that live two two very close friends that live in Amsterdam as well. So it was going to be a pretty busy year for music for me, but I mean, so to answer your question, like, I don't know if there is a situation in which I'd feel comfortable right now, other than maybe like the, um, like the whole idea of being in like a car. I think I would be okay with that. Like if it was kind of like a drive-in setting, because even like going to festivals and even going to certain shows, like we started uh, getting like seats and stuff like that when we've gone to shows. Like I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> it's true though. Like I think about like when we got to the Danforth now, we got, we've gotten seats for Thundercat and for Kamasi and for a couple of artists that we've gone to see. Anybody. And, and I'm, yeah. And even like when we go to festivals, there's times where I'm like, let's just sit and watch from a distance and just like listen to it. So I, mm-hmm. obviously it was very fun being at Oshiega, but like we've been to enough. I've been to enough music festivals. I've been to enough shows where like unless it's an artist that I really, really need to see live and it's going to be worth it. Um, I, I don't know if I would really go out there considering the state of, of, of stuff right now. And also it would have to probably be in Canada. I definitely wouldn't trust going into the, oh, to the States and watching 100%. it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no. That would be on um, the table for me for and sure. Then, the last thing for me, I guess, is it, it, I, this extends to movies as well. But like Shane, you said, you know, we've saved money not going to shows. I think I've had like a greater appreciation for listening to music at home um, and, you know, setting up my like Sonos and my situation at home to be able to live and listen to music um, just more. Like I've been listening to records a lot more. Um, I've been listening to a lot more like live music. Like I've been listening to the Gary, uh, Gary Clark Jr. albums a lot this week just to kind of get oh, that feel so of like good. live music again. Um so I think if artists, you know, James Blake has been doing some stuff online too. So if you get artists that engage and are still doing 
some semblance of like live sessions, like whether they might be tiny desk shows or whether they might be like intimate sessions on, on social media platforms, like that kind of does it for me for the most part. Um, but there are still those, wow, you know, okay. one or, there's, there's, there's still those like, you know, two or three big artists that I would definitely want to see live again and just be able to go with friends and, and enjoy it and, uh, partake in some extracurriculars. Um, but other than that, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not in any rush. Movies movies is the other thing where, like, I have my Sonos. Like, I bought a Nova TV last year. I've got a pretty good sound setup at home. I'm honestly, like, not in a rush to go and see anything in theaters anytime soon. Like, just cutting back on that. I want to go see Tenet. But other than that, like, I might wait for Black Widow and some of the other movies that I've been really, really anticipating. I, like, they, they're going to come to video on demand faster than they ever have before now. So that rush is just not... I don't know I, that day one rush and that idea of going and doing something live. It just, I don't know. It's lost its appeal to me a little bit. Cause I see how much stuff I could just kind of do from home. Now, if you invest your money and time into getting the right situation um, in the space that you're in. So that's my take on it. I know everybody doesn't feel that way. There's people that can't wait to go out and socialize and be in, in, in concert venues, but I was already kind of becoming that like grumpy older person that was like, fuck man, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to stand for three hours to watch these guys for an hour set, like that kind of shit. So <laughs> like, call me, I mean, call me like grumpy or whatever. Just like, I don't know, call, call whatever you want to call it. But I, I've just, we've seen enough that I don't think there's anything that I really need to see anymore. There's stuff I want to see, but it is what it is. So, like, nice, nice to see at that point for you. I think there yeah, is, like, there's those residual bands that anytime they come to town, like you've made yourself a promise that you have to see them that still like I, I still have that pursuit for. I think for me, movie theater wise, just to touch on that quickly, like I have a media server, I have an OLED TV. My sound system isn't great though. Like the only romantic idea of a movie theater to me is the Alamo. Like that would be my setup. Like that's where I would want to go is like to the Alamo draft house, not the Cineplex Odeon and have like a 15 year old kid getting paid $13 an hour, scrub my seat with like, who knows what I just don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust it. I don't feel safe with it, especially like in Peel and Toronto and the greater Toronto area, like any movie theater there, I feel like a sketchy business, but I have no desire to return to the cinemas anytime soon. I do miss the popcorn. But that's about Which it. you can Uber Eat. You can order that shit. Yeah. I also have an air popper. It's not the same though. You know that. That's why you missed it. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll report sure. back because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see Tenet probably next week in Oakville if there's if things stay the way that they are. And obviously if you know cases don't have a significant rise between now and the 27th. But um, a couple of friends have, have gone to theaters and have been okay with the experience. Obviously, friends of the show have gone um, on the movie podcast. So shout out to Shane Vaps, who went and I think they went and saw the SpongeBob movies earlier this week. They're complete movie heads. So like, I, I can imagine what it's like not being able to go to a theater when, you know, they, they love film and they love being able to go out. And that's been their event that they go on a week by week basis. But other than event films, like other than the Avengers and like the Wonder Woman's and, you know, the Nolan films, like I, I honestly wasn't even really going to the theaters that often to watch smaller movies. Like I wanted to watch The Invisible Man. I wanted to go watch Quiet Place 2. I wanted to watch um, uh, a couple of other movies, but like they're not, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily see the appeal of going to a theater to watch them anymore when you can pay less to watch it at home and invest in your home setup to be able to go and do those things. And I know music's not the same, but I think, you know, if artists start to release more live music and maybe more of their sets on, you know, records or on Apple Music, I think I would be okay with that as well. Like, I know Shane and I have been talking about just like Bon Iver Live. We've talked about it. Obviously, we've done the deep dive and we've done the intro too. But if he released a live album, like, I, I would be pretty content if he polished it up more so than the, the live record that we have from his NPR recording from a couple of years ago. That would probably do it for me. Um, same with Tame Impala if they did like a occurrence live or if they did some sort of, of of live release i think that would be pretty sweet to be able to listen to at home and then we could have you guys over and just you know vibe out <laughs> just jam a sweat so much you know <laughs> so that's that to me like just quickly going off that thought i'm sorry gabby if you have something to add to that, no I no i i'm i'm i i feel like i directed the conversation so i'm glad that you were able to give your input which are like very very interesting to me i i have realized i think i realized like just shortly before quarantine about like when i was defining the space that i want to live in like when i buy a place 
and what do I, I want to accomplish? And like the idea of like a decompression room came up to me and that's kind of like that living embodiment of like, um, it's basically like a glorified music and art room. So you would have all your art and prints up your record player, like two chairs or like a couch or whatever. And that was it. Like, that's the purpose of that room. Like you're having a day, you go in, you listen to music, you put on a record and you just vibe out done. You need a drink, you need whatever else you want to, to get there, feel free, but it would be a setup built with that in mind. Um, and I think it goes back to the idea of like, people always said, would you rather build your base or would you rather have experiences? And I think COVID has removed the ability for people to have experiences and they're starting to see the value in building their base um, and investing in themselves to buy pieces that they can use for a long period of time. So I definitely agree with you. Like a live Bon Iver album would be amazing. And like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I miss aspects of shows. I just like, I honestly miss the Alamo. Like I miss the Alamo draft house. I think about the Alamo draft house a lot actually. And like, I miss that. And that's not even in Canada. So it doesn't even matter. I would only get to do that if we traveled. And like, I miss going to New Like I miss traveling more than I miss concerts and live music and everything like that. I think when we've done them, like as what, like if we travel for the purpose of a concert, like I think back to the road trip that we had last year, that road trip that we did last year, like coming back from it, it was cool. But like the more and more that I've thought about it, it was cool just going city to city, like being able to just hang out between cities, like just taking a side road and going and tossing the ball around, grabbing beer. Like it was a pretty, it was, it was almost two weeks long. Like I definitely missed doing something like that. And I would love to be able to do that with you guys again. Um, at some point in time, I don't know. I don't know when that might be, even if it's within Canada, if we got the chance to do it, it would be awesome. But yeah, I agree with you, Shane. Like I, I, building your home base is such a, like a, a significant part of what I've like learned about just being in isolation, like having the backyard set up. I've barbecued more this year than I think I've barbecued in like the last two or three years. It's pretty much like two or three times a week. Um, but like investing in that, you know, getting my kind of garage situation a little bit better. I've been taking the bike out a lot more using the, the, the car less in order to like spend money on having like a better base situation. So I, I just feel like a lot of the stuff that, you know, you take for granted uh, when we were kind of just in our routine of things, like it's, it's been nice to kind of do that. And music plays into that because, you know, you can listen to music a little bit more passively if you're not working in a, in a, you know, a, a, an environment where it doesn't allow for it throughout the course of the day. Whereas right now I can listen to podcasts and music all day. And for the first time in a, in a few years, I actually feel caught up. Like I've been listening to new artists. I've been listening to old artists it's kind of a luxury to be able to go and listen to playlists because I don't feel like I'm behind on listening to new albums that came out on a week by week basis. So there's just a lot of, there's a lot of positive, obviously it sucks in some ways, but I think there's a lot of positive as well. That's come from it. Cool. I love all your points. Thanks for sharing your input guys. Theaters. I, I know I love just going and one more thing and one more thing. It's the, the announcement in me is like, I think the quality of like video on demand services and streaming services, the quality of the content that they're putting out is rivaling cinemas nowadays. Anyways, like obviously you're not getting the full cinema experience, but you can get cinema quality movies at home. And I, like an example of that was, you know, I was talking to you guys earlier about it, but I watched this movie called the host and it came out during quarantine. Like it came out maybe like a couple, like a month ago, maybe. And um, it was the premise of it is they're in quarantine like we are. And it's a Zoom horror movie. So the whole movie takes place over Zoom, which I know like webcam footage, like horror movies aren't necessarily new. Like, and it's not a new premise, but it was like, I thought it was really freaking good. Like the acting in it was amazing. It does resort to jump scares at points, but like I definitely recommend anyone takes a look at it. It's done by uh, there's a service called Shutter, um, that is like a horror streaming service, and it's one of their original productions that they've made. It's only about forty five minutes long, but like it's definitely something where I've been thinking about it a lot after I've watched it. And being on Zoom with you guys has only strengthened that fear. Like. You know, I'm scared there's going to be like a de- I have like a candle lit and I'm scared there's going to be a demon that's going to come in here. But like 
definitely definitely watch that movie if if you're a fan of horror movies i think when we go up to the cottage i'm going to try and bring it uh so we can all watch it um but it's it, it has become one of those movies that i would recommend to people when they're looking for a horror movie or a scary movie or something like that i would definitely recommend that movie and that's that movie would have never made it to cinemas and i wouldn't expect to see that in a cinema so i think the the advent of streaming services becoming more and more prevalent because we can't go out is forcing these companies to invest more and more money in um in in the stuff that they're able to put out and the fact that this movie is so relevant to now like it was made during the quarantine released during the quarantine shows the turnaround time that you can have on something like this which i think is really impressive well it doesn't even go for movies like i was watching uh i watched the mythic quest um the Raven's Banquet episode where they were all on a Zoom call uh, with one another or they're on a FaceTime call. They're doing something that they were sharing um, their workspace. And that was done in quarantine as well. And it was it was one of the best episodes in the series. It was like it same production quality. It looked great. Um, so, yeah, like I love that you brought that up because it is it does definitely feel like the advent of being able to create content without having to go out and be a part of a massive production and still being able to put out some really, really quality stuff. Um, to the point where I think a lot of movies like, you know, I haven't seen Host, but from what you talked about and from what I can see on Rotten Tomatoes, it's holding 100% right now, which is awesome. Um, but I think about a movie like Palm Springs as well, which I really enjoyed, uh, and that went straight to Hulu and didn't necessarily need to live in a movie theater. I, would, I, I think I would love, if out of all of this what ended up happening was, you know, we still get those blockbuster releases, we get, you know, the, 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 the Marvel movies, we get the Star Wars movies, we get the the big blockbusters that we want to go and the see. The Nolan movies. Yeah. The Nolan movies, yeah. But if they're simultaneously released, those smaller movies, things like A Quiet Place 2, which I was really, really excited about, if that kind of stuff was released and the option was there to be on demand you know, a week or two later, I really don't think I would be visiting movie theaters for that specifically. I think that that would start to go away a lot. And then it would kind of be like an amusement park going to the movie theater where you're, you're there to see those big events and be able to share... Um, and partake in, in the event with your friends and with the other people that are there that are there for the uh, the excitement and, and, and the camaraderie of it, right? If I think about watching Avengers like Endgame, that was a unique experience going to see that with, you know, 200 people in a theater, 300 people in a theater cheering, seeing characters come on screen that we hadn't seen in a year. Um, I can't imagine having shared that experience at home watching it on my own TV. It just would have felt, you know, inherently different. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I love that you bring that up in terms of uh, the, all these like content creators or studios like finding ways to being being able to create something in a time like this because it just goes back to um, every business, every restaurant, every everyone has had to adapt, and now it's it's I guess the entertainment industry, specifically movies. Um, finding ways to adapt. Granted, it's probably taking a little bit longer because there's a shit ton of money involved in making these decisions. But um, I'm all for improving home base. I've I've been homebody for a while now, <laughs> so <laughs> so so I'm all for all of that. All that. Yeah. All that. So yeah, your recommendation: yeah. watch the host or watch host. Sorry. Yeah, it's the host. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Yeah, definitely watch. I think it's the host. Is it the host? I don't know. I linked the wrong yeah, movie. It's I just host. The host. The, yeah, the host is the Korean horror movie from 2006. Yeah. Which is probably um, but, also really good. <laughs> yeah, apparently it is really good. But yeah, you should watch host. Um, for a Shutter original. The acting is really well, well done in it. And uh, I was pretty scared um, while watching it. And I think it was great. It's a great way to stay in shape. Um and yeah, I, I think, again, my final point on it, and it's the same point that I've consistently said, and, and to your point, Ortega, is like, if these movies kept coming out two weeks after, three weeks after, a month after, digitally after they came out into the cinemas, I would have have no quarrels not going to Cineplex, unless it was a, an, an event movie, like you said, but I would still go to the Alamo for those movies, for those weird fringy movies, because it, it's it's that experience. That theater created a culture and an experience. Cineplex does not. It's a sterile movie environment. A lot of cinemas here are. So it, I think that is going to be the next challenges. I think you might start seeing independent theaters maybe go up on the rise. I, I don't know, but I hope so. I hope we get more of like a better theater culture here where it's more of an event to go to the theaters and it's not just this sterile thing where you have a kid kicking you in the back of the seat 
and 20 other children yelling at the screen every other line. Like I want that I want that same experience of watching the Avengers beside the guy who was like basically jerking off and <laughs> moaning and panting beside me as he was watching it because he was so excited. Like that's great theater culture, but that's few and far Yeah, Gabby was pretty stoked, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so stoked. Understatement. That's an understatement. understatement. Yeah. Gabby was crying. I heard him cry. I've he heard was Gabby so, cry he in was so, so many movies. He was so stroked. Get it? No. Because you were stroking your penis? He was stroking his his own. But anyways, that's beyond cool. the point. Cool. cool. Well, I'm going to sign up for Shudder because I looked into it and I'm very excited. I do want to watch uh, Lovecraft uh, Country, uh, Country tonight as well. It just premiered. Uh, you still logged into my Crave, I presume, so you have access to it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wanted to check that out as well. And then I, I was um, I was actually watching Umbrella Academy still the second season. So oh, I haven't started yet. Up. It's good. I watched the first season for the first time actually a couple weeks ago. I hadn't I hadn't gotten past like episode three or four, and I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Good man, I'm glad you liked it, right? I loved the first season. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, those are our recommendations for the week. There was a song I wanted to call out that I was kind of obsessed with um, that I sent to Shane, but uh, there's a, a a group called the Japanese House, um, and they put out an EP on Friday called I'm gonna look it up because I forgot, but there's a song on there called Dion. Um. D-I-O-N-N-E, yeah, Dion Phaneuf. Oh. It's called Dion. It's featuring Justin Vernon of Onivere, uh, and it's called Chewing Cotton Wool, and they also have an album called Good at Falling. Um, I would check it out. I don't know if you'd be into it, Gabby, but I am a big fan. I've been listening to it a lot. The EP's what is 15 it? minutes. It's called Chewing Cotton Wool by the Japanese House. They're, an alt- they're just like an alt band. Send it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, but uh, for those of you that haven't listened to it, check it out. Uh, the song is called Dion, but the albums are called Good at Falling and uh, Chewing Cotton Wool. They're both That's very good. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Wake okay. It. That's it. That's all we got this week. So we'll we'll report back next week. Hopefully we get some Court of Owls information. We also will report on the Nintendo uh, Indies platform tomorrow. Please put below on Switch. I'd be so happy. Um, and <laughs> then if there's any other surprises, we'll talk about them. Hopefully the Raptors are, are moving on to their next round next week as well. That's it. That's it. I, I think, uh, Gabby will come back with a great hard hitting question for us next week. I can feel it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, sure. We should call it a segment called Gabby grills. Gabby yeah. grills. And yeah, we can Gabby play grills, grills by, uh, grills. by Paul wall. Yeah, and you put your bay. and you put grills in, and then you'll grill us chicken. You can you can really do a lot with this, I think. Yeah, slap that meat on that grill, yeah. boy. Well, it's been a slice, dudes. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> we'll see you next right. week, guys. Bye. Take care. Uh, Peace out, bye. Always. Bye.